What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast here on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. Now, obviously, I am not Kevin Coleman. I got an upgrade. I look, I'm better looking. I <laughs> and uh, I have no kids all of a sudden, so I'm a I'm a free man. Life is pretty good around here. Power uh, up. Yeah, right, exactly. And of course, <laughs> the other voice you hear is the normal second half of the show, Mr. Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good, my man. I got my Christmas sweater feeling super Christmassy right now watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm feeling good right now, David. Oh, man, that is that sounds like a absolute pleasant night. I love it. I'm very oh, jealous yeah. of you right now. Uh, but Jacob, we got we got a pretty packed show here and we're going to be breaking down the recent news and everything going on from week 13 of the season as we look ahead to week 14. But before we do that, we don't want you to forget who, of course, we are in association with, and that is, of course, the Fantasy Points Media Group. Now, a little birdie told me. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jacob and I, obviously, we're going to be doing the show a little different. Uh, Jacob's going to play the awesome soundboard, and I'm going to try to not sound too stupid here. Just remember <laughs> with Fantasy Points that if you use code 21 that you get 10% off using that code, and you get 50% off the rest of the season. So my math is not great, but I believe that's 60%, which is pretty good deal. So make sure you check that out. Now, as Mr. Mario said, (laughs) yeah, there we go. Let's go. Take two is perfect. All right. So we're looking now, starting out with our reactions from week 13, players who stood out and players who disappointed. Jacob, I think we got to start right off the top. With somebody that plays for your Denver Broncos, that was the talk of the fantasy community all week. Oh, he sure was, guys. And you, everyone knows who we are talking about right now. And that is Javante Williams. Have yourself a day, my man. 29.8 fantasy points in PPR. He finished as the RB1. All right. He had so much hype this week and he lived up to it. And then some, you know, he did have that garbage touchdown, but that's what fantasy is about. Most of the time, all about those garbage points at the end of the game. So I was stoked, man. He rushed 23 times for 102 yards. Also had six catches for 76 yards and a score. I mean, we got a little taste of what he can do once he takes over this backfield next year. And I am here for it, my man. So you want to hear something crazy, Jacob, that he was absolutely do. He was the first rookie to have over 100 rushing yards and 75 receiving yards in the game since Saquon Barkley did it in his rookie season. Whoa, so, that's a stat. Yeah, wow. he was. He uh, yeah, he really set the world on fire in his first start. And I, I'm going to take a little ad lib here, Jacob. Let's do it. Melvin Gordon does not come back to this team. Is Javante Williams a top 10 pick in redraft leaves next year? 100%. You saw what he can do without a viable quarterback. I don't call Teddy a viable quarterback. I call him just a game manager. Javante is quarterback proof. I mean, I know it's very easy to say that after what he just did, and he doesn't have a huge sample size, but I mean, in limited touches, he's been dominating. And then he gets his shot at RB1 touches, and he and he's the RB1 this week. I mean, you can't not take him with your top 10 pick. I mean... He, I honestly think he's in the conversation for at least top six. 
top six. Yeah, I, I put the question out on Twitter, and I I was for a top fifteen pick next year, and it was a ninety percent yes. Okay, and I had people in my comments that were saying looking in the five to seven range. So there you go, very much in on Javante Williams next year. Uh, but also now on the uh the runner up here is another running back, a couple running backs actually that caught your eye. Yes, yeah, so I was looking at David Montgomery with twenty eight point one fantasy points. And Sony Michelle with 21.9 fantasy points. So Sony Michelle, I have a little bit of a story for you. Um, on the morning of week 13, I stole Sony Michelle off the waiver wire from the dude I was facing who had uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. He did not put in a waiver claim on him. So, and Sony Michelle was just sitting there. And I was sitting there with the choice between Sony Michelle and a Jamal Williams. And I was like, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go with Sony Michelle because even if Daryl plays, Sony's going to get the bulk of carries with a crazy great matchup against Jacksonville. And my opponent got a goose egg from Daryl and I got 22 points from Sony. So I was pumped. So, hey, Javante and, you know, had an amazing game. David Montgomery, after a few weeks of just being average, finally had that blow up game. He finished inside the top 10, uh, which he should do from here on out. Uh, and then Sony Michelle, I mean, all those backs have a day. Yeah. I mean, Sony Michelle really looked like he took the job and, and pardon the pun, but ran with it. I've even been <laughs> hearing some people saying that when Daryl Anderson is healthy, that they think Sony Michelle might be even better fit for this offense with the way yeah. that he runs compared to Daryl Henderson. So if you picked up Sony Michelle, it might not just be a one week fill. And this could be something down the stretch that could potentially could be a league winner. Oh, I love that. I love that phrase, league winner, David. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. It's, it's thrown around a lot, but it's true. I mean, if you have the starting running true. back in this Rams offense, that's that's a big deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am here for it, my man. Let it, let's, let's attack these playoffs. For sure. For sure. And best way to do it is by listening to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast. We'll get you right. We'll get you right here. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> but Jacob, we got to get some negative here. Uh, we don't like to do it, but we have to do it for the fantasy player. <laughs> And who are some Debbie Downers for you this week? Oh, man, I got to go with not-so-scary Terry McLaurin. My gosh, he finished with 5.3 fantasy points. He finished as the wide receiver 56. Uh, he, I mean, he just has not been great over the past two weeks. And even since, you know, he blew up in week four, he's just been average. Like, he he is just not the same scary Terry we saw in the first four weeks. Uh, now, whether that just be Taylor Heineke just taking a step down. Uh, you know, Scary Terry's just has not been a wide receiver one. He has been a middling wide receiver two to a borderline wide receiver three. And this was just hitting rock bottom. Like in a great matchup versus Vegas, uh, he just didn't do much. I mean, 5.3 fantasy points in a PPR. Uh, and then I have some runners up here. Uh, it's pretty broad, but uh, every single player on the Patriots and Bills, not named Damian Harris. That was just a gross looking game. And it was just like, and like, I had no idea that it was going to snow that hard. I should have looked more into the weather because I had Tyler Bass in one of my leagues. Now he still got me like four points, but you know, and I still won, but it's like, I would have never played Tyler Bass. I wouldn't have played most players in that game if I had known that weather. So that was my bad. That's like a cautionary tale for us moving forward or for me moving forward at least that I need to check the weather, you know, even like the Monday night games and the Sunday night games, like just to make sure 
that I can pivot to my players who play on Sunday morning who are who have better weather because that was just gross, David. Who could have predicted that Mac Jones would have only had three passes? <laughs> it's unreal, right? Yeah, unreal, dude. I saw uh, like a bunch of gifts being like, Bill Belichick is going to put this put this stat picture of going three for what? Three for something. Uh, you know, like winning a game with only three completions. That's going in in inside the Bill Belichick Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yeah, I believe I don't have the exact stat, but I believe it was in the early 1970s was the last time that someone threw, I think it was two passes. And then it's the the shortest amount of passes thrown since then. And Jacob, I won't go long on this, but I had a matchup where I was up by two points and they had uh, Kendrick Bourne. And I thought there was no chance I was going to pull it out. And I was like, (laughs) one carry for two yards. Take it in the bank. How I long love the that, dude. That is such a nice surprise when, like, you know, you have no shot, and then all of a sudden you look at at the at the end of the game because you just don't want to look at your scores, mm-hmm. and you look and you get that W. Is there a better feeling? <laughs> I, I will tell you. I'll add to that feeling, Jacob. It's right. when you are the top two scores of the twelve teams in your league, and you're like, "Of course, I play the the other highest score," and Classic. you think you're going to lose as the number two, but you hold on to be the top score. It was oh. absolutely fantastic. Dude, I love that, man. Power up, David. Yeah, I'm feeling super <laughs> strong right now. And we're going to need to be strong as we get to our next segment here, which is the waiver wire ads and watch for this week. Yeah, so hey. num- yeah, yeah, yeah. So number one on my list here is Dontrell Hilliard. All right, since taking on a larger role since Derrick Henry's injury, Hilliard is, average- is averaging 14 touches for 175 or 107 and a half total <laughs> yards with a rushing touchdown over his last two games. Uh, he is the preferred passing, uh, the pass catching back in Tennessee and should get plenty of carries moving forward. Now there is a slight risk with Jeremy McNichols possibly coming back this week, but I don't see the Titans veering away from what's been working with Hilliard and Foreman. Uh, so Hilliard to me is a, low-end RB2 to high-end RB3 who needs to be scooped up in all leagues. Now, is this format dependent? Like, did you prefer uh, prefer Foreman and non-PPR? Now, Foreman, I'm a fan in non-PPR. Yeah, I think I would go with Foreman because Hilliard does make his money with catches. Even though last uh, before the bye week, Hilliard did well on the ground. He had 12 rushes for about, you know, 70 to 80 yards, but you know, he did have that huge run to help him. So Hilliard's money is in the passing game and in a non PPR league. Yeah, I would, I would lean towards Foreman. How about you? I think I'm the same in a non PPR. I'm going to definitely go Foreman PPR Hilliard. Hilliard had that nice run. You don't know if that type of game breaking stuff is going to be every single week. And right now for this week, I do know that the Jacksonville Jaguars in terms of fantasy points against for running backs, they're right in the middle of the pack, around 24 a game, and they've only given up one receiving touchdown. So uh, it could be a problem as far as through the air. They're also towards the, the middle of the pack as far as yards allowed through the air, but they've given up 12 touchdowns on the ground, uh, okay. which is towards the upper third of the league in that category. So uh, it could be very interesting, too, with Julio Jones also coming back. Yeah. Are the Titans just going to you know kind of ground and pound them? Or are they going to try to go back to the air to get Tannehill's confidence back? But you would expect the Titans to win this game. And one of those running backs you would think would have a part of that, uh, 
probably both, I think, is a stretch. So if you have both of them on your roster, I don't think you f- should feel comfortable playing both. But right. uh, I think kind of like we we're saying, depending on the format, that's who you should go with. Yeah, I also think that Hilliard does have that upside over Foreman. So I would start Hilliard in a vacuum, especially if you're fighting for that playoff spot. There's no running backs on your waiver wire. I would definitely spend up some fab because you might, you know, if you save up your fab now and you miss the playoffs, what's the point? So might as well grab that running back who's going to get those guaranteed touches, at least 10 plus touches. Uh, So I would I would add Hilliard if you are running back needy. And Jacob, the next guy that you have on your list is somebody that always makes fantasy players tear their hair out when they try to start him. But this is the week you think you're going to benefit having him in your lineup. I think it's the week, man. And we're talking about Marquez Valdez Scantling. All right. MVS has been heating up over his last two games, averaging nine and a half targets for four catches and 86 and a half yards. He also has a receiving touchdown during that span. Valdez Scantling is the only true deep threat on Green Bay, and he's facing a Chicago defense allowing the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. I think that MVS should be scooped up given his recent spike in involvement in the offense, and he should be started in most leagues given his friendly matchup at home coming off the bye week. For me, David, I have Rashad Bateman because I have just been uh, riddled with injuries Bateman has been my wide receiver too for for the last two weeks in my big money league. He's been disappointing. I've been winning despite of him, Mm -hmm. but I can't keep carrying that luck. Like I want to turn to MVS. Now, yes, MVS does have that propensity to put up a goose egg or just like two catches for, you know, like 20 something yards. But he is the only true deep threat. And Aaron Rodgers loves to look his way deep. He wants to get MVS involved early. I think that Rodgers takes a few shots deep to MVS early just to, you know, just to take it to the Chicago Bears because, you know, that is a rivalry, the Packers and the Bears in in division and Green Bay is at home. So I like MVS as an ad and a start if you need a wide receiver to like a low end wide receiver to high end wide receiver three. And Chicago's given up the fifth most amount of passing touchdowns this season, 14 uh, which is, again, tied for the fifth most in the NFL. So receivers are definitely getting in the end zone against the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And, you know, why not? You know Aaron Rodgers is going to torch the Chicago Bears secondary. That's right. And, you know, if Devontae Adams is not going to do the job or he maybe he gets, you know, one or two touchdowns, I feel like MVS is the next best call there. So yeah. uh, I, I definitely I like that. I will throw in another name here, Jacob, and it's somebody that I'm, I'm actually right now in a couple of leagues I'm teetering on uh, – verging on making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. And I've had some injuries. Robert Woods has gone down. Jerry Judy right now with uh, Teddy Bridgewater not playing great at quarterback, as you know, as a Broncos fan, is really hurting me. And I'm taking a stab on this guy, and that's K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne is, I think, somebody that you should pick up this week and is going to be very beneficial for you to have. Last week, uh, he filled in, obviously, as you know, that Adam Thielen went down with a high ankle sprain. The chances he plays this week are pretty much slim to none. They haven't officially declared him out yet. But with a Thursday night game, that is pretty much, again, thrown out the window. Looking at last week, you can look at the total amount of snaps played by Minnesota players. And he actually ran the second most amount of routes among wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm sorry. He ran the most amount. of. He had the highest amount of snaps 
of any wide receiver last okay. week. He actually ran more than just one more route than Justin Jefferson or, or was on the field for one more snap than Justin Jefferson. Okay. As far as passing routes were concerned, the route, the routes ran between the two. Justin Jefferson ran 46 routes and KJ Osborne ran 44 routes. So he's basically stepping in as the number two that Adam Thielen was. It's not being split up. Tyler Conklin is definitely still involved here and he's a great tight end streamer as well. But KJ Osborne being on the field as much as he was, along with the fact that they're going against the Detroit Lions. And last week, as far as targets were concerned as well, KJ Osborne had seven targets and four catches for 50, uh, 57% reception percentage, 47 yards and a touchdown last week. Going against the New Orleans Saints this week, or I'm sorry, not the New Orleans Saints, going against, uh, I believe, who they play on Thursday night. It is the... Um, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers who actually have given up the 10th most amount of fantasy points to wide receivers this year, over 36 per game. Also, again, tied for fifth with 14 touchdowns allowed. You know Justin Jefferson's going to get his. He's also going to get the focus of the defense. Right. But K.J. Osborne, getting that number two role where Thielen is, I think he could get in the end zone this week and somebody that's worth using some fab on if you need somebody to fill in in a pinch, whether it's you know a, a high-end flex play. I think he could even be a low-end wide receiver too, depending how thin you are at the wide receiver position. I love that pick. And you're actually convincing me to put him ahead of MVS. And, you know, like in terms of like the pecking order, just because MVS, you know, he he does have that boomer bust, whereas KJ Osborne against the Steelers should have a very safe floor. Uh, so it depends. Like, do you need that deep shot, mm-hmm. you know, like with MVS or do you need that safe floor with KJ Osborne? Because what I like about KJ Osborne is that he's not just some guy who is stepping into Adam Thielen's role. KJ Osborne, like you said, David, has had a huge role all season and even was on the field more than Justin Jefferson. So the Vikings love Osborne. Kirk Cousins, you have seen the special connection with KJ Osborne. And now that KJ Osborne is going to siphon Adam Thielen's targets, I mean, I think he's as safe as a wide receiver three with wide receiver with wide receiver two upside as there is. And he is available in 93% of sleeper leagues, and I'm sure a ton of Yahoo leagues. I haven't checked, but I only saw on sleeper. He was only 7% rostered. So KJ Osborne, if you are in need of a wide receiver, I I would probably look his way first. Yeah, he was the wide receiver 21 in week 13. And again, in terms of what you look for in fantasy, it's opportunity outweighs, outweighs the talent. Obviously, the if you combine the both, like we're seeing with Jonathan Taylor right now, then you have a, the perfect recipe for a fantasy superstar. But you can also have players, again, that may not be as skilled, but they're getting the opportunity because of an injury. And right now, K.J. Osborne is that. You know, he's third wide receiver on this depth chart and was fourth in targets behind both those wide receivers and Tyler Conklin. But now him stepping into somewhat getting somewhat, you know, Adam Thielen's targets are going to be split between him and Conklin. But right. again, you would expect him to have a, a, a decent floor. Maybe he's not going to win you with your week, but he's someone who can fill in and give you that stability that you're looking for as you go to the fantasy playoffs. But like Jacob said, if you're looking for more of the, hey, I need like a 20-plus point game because that's what I need at this point, then MVS is probably the better player to look at because you know he's that's what he's known for. So um, I think that's something that's very interesting to look at. Again, just assess where you're at and make that call where you need to. But let's get to our sneaky starts and sits. And Jacob... You got some, uh, <laughs> our timing, our timing is going to get better folks. A little I off, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but you, you got your sneaky starts and sits and mm-hmm. you got somebody right up top here 
which people are going to be very shocked to see that you have as a sit this week. Yes. So, guys, as my sneaky sit this week at quarterback, it's going to be Tom Brady versus Buffalo. <laughs> is, that a, is that a new one? That's a new one. <laughs> I like so, it. I like it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I thought you would. Um, so, yeah. So before blowing up last week against a sorry Atlanta Falcons defense, Brady was having a little bit of a rough stretch where he was only averaging 15.8 fantasy points per game. Now, I know that's not awful, you know, and like we have just been, you know, we have we have been enjoying like a renaissance year from Tom Brady. You know, he has been a top five quarterback all year, but he's had a rough stretch. All right. He has showed signs of slowing down now that Gronk's back, you know, it helps him a little bit, but Buffalo, you know, like that Buffalo defense is allowing the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. That's scary. And I know he's at home, but, but I'd rather start both of my quarterback streamer picks that all that I'll reveal a little bit later than to start Tom Brady. Yeah, it's a very difficult play. Obviously, again, Buffalo just gives up over 11 points a game to quarterbacks this year. And like you said, Jacob, that's the worst in the league. Uh, if I don't know if you have the exact, if you've ranked him yet this week, Jacob, but do you have him in still in QB1 territory or is he ranked outside the top 12 for you? No, I still have him as a low end quarterback one. Uh, I haven't, I haven't finalized my rankings, but he'll be somewhere around 10 to 12. Uh, whereas my two quarterback streamer picks who are widely available, uh, will be inside the top 10. So, you know, Brady will still get his, I mean, I, you know, a bad game from him is 13 to 16 points, which is, you know, like better than most. But but if you have other options, which you probably do in one quarterback leagues, I would I would veer towards another quarterback with upside. Yeah, and Jacob, that's a professional tease right there because you have the people just yearning for your quarterback streamers. But you got to uh, wait. You got to oh, yeah. wait because there's a couple <laughs> other things we got to get to here first. You have to keep listening, guys. Exactly. So we're going to go now to some running backs and mm-hmm. uh, a particular running back that you like. Against those Atlanta Falcons, you mentioned Tom Brady destroyed. Yep. Who do you like this week? Yes. So fire up your Panthers and fire up running back Chuba Hubbard. Well, that was the wrong. That was the wrong one. Uh, I meant to do this one right here. <laughs> Power up Chuba. <laughs> I hope that's not like a forcing. Like, oh crap, Chuba's gonna have a bad game because he's not. All right, he's facing. You know. He's facing an Atlanta Falcons defense, giving up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this season. All right. And he's coming off a of bye week. So he has fresh legs. All right. So Chuba has this backfield all to himself with CMC out for the year. All right. To me, Hubbard is a locked in RB one this week due to volume and a very friendly matchup. Yeah, I think that's really good. And and they also have Amir Abdullah there too, who True. is you know, right now averaging about four catches a game there. So he's somebody in a PPR league. If you need a dart throw, Sneaky. you know, not bad. Again, Sneaky. you mentioned. Uh, now, my question to you, Jacob, is Atlanta also is not very good against quarterbacks. If I'm not mistaken, Atlanta is actually, they give up the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks behind Washington this year. Yeah. Over 21 a game, 25 patching touchdowns, which trails only Indianapolis and Washington in that category. Uh is Cam Newton a good start? I know this is running back, so he's also kind of a running back too. Is is yeah. he somebody that you'd be looking at? 
You are giving up my secrets for one of my streamers. Oh, I didn't see he was in your streamers. <laughs> Wait, hold that thought. Hold that thought. I hold that thought, guys. No, no, hold no, that no. thought. We're gonna get back to that. I just ruined Jacob's tease, so we're gonna we're gonna stay just with the running backs. We're gonna go to wide receivers. I, I agree with you, David, but you know we're not there yet. <laughs> I jumped the gun, folks. I'm sorry. I was so excited for his streamers. That is, yeah, that were. is my bad. Uh, I love it. But there is a wide receiver that's just as exciting. Somebody that uh is just yes. been great for PPR that you're starting against my Kansas City Chiefs this week. That's right, my man, and that is Hunter Renfro. All right, I I didn't uh, I didn't botch that sound this time. Like you said, David, he is facing your Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. All right, Hunter Renfro since Week Nine, he is the wide receiver eight in PPR leagues. That's a very solid five game sample size. Renfro is the de facto wide receiver two in Vegas behind Darren Waller. All right. So that means he's the wide receiver one, but he is definitely the second option in that receiving core. All right. And Renfro has a fantastic matchup traveling to Kansas city where he should get force fed the ball in a potential negative game script. So I'm firing up Renfro as a wide receiver two in both uh, half PPR leagues and PPR leagues in standard leagues. If you're still playing standard leagues, you know, he's more of like a borderline wide receiver two, three option. But us over here with half PPR and PPR leagues, he is a solid wide receiver too. I mean, Jacob, I'm looking at pretty much looking at this season, his targets. These are his targets. Nine, seven, six, eight, eight, five, eight, nine, nine, four, nine, ten. So he's had 92 targets over the 12 weeks that he's played this year. Uh, now math was not my subject in school, so I will calculate that real quick, <laughs> but I believe 92 targets divided by 12 games that gives you, I mean, that's he's getting, game. he's getting nearly eight targets a game yeah. right now. Oh, um, and that's what that outlier of, uh, he has a three and four or a five and four target game, but most of the time he's getting at least six targets, especially now last week you saw without Darren Waller, he got 10 targets. Oh man. So right. his floor is, is pretty, pretty good. Right. Uh, I mean, again, also just looking at the PPR formats too, of course, is he's basically given you double digit PPR points in five of his last six games. So mm-hmm. he's been very, very consistent. And uh, actually, while we're on the subject of that, he's only had a single digit PPR points in two of his 12 games this year. That's so incredible. That's Talk quite a floor. Quite a floor. Consistency, my man. That's what you want. That's what you need right now if you're fighting for a playoff spot or want to hold on to that sixth seed, that fifth seed. Yeah, start Renfro this week with confidence. Yeah, Joe, I think you inspire me to... I usually, in my start-sit column, try not to put the obvious, but he's somebody that uh, might need to be just refreshing of, hey, like he's somebody that you got to fire, especially without Waller in there. If Waller doesn't play this week, he's probably guaranteed for 10 targets. Yes. Darren Waller is day to day with his knee injury. So, you know, he could play, he could not play. You don't know, but even, even, even if Waller does play, I mean, I still see him getting seven targets, but like you said, David, if Waller doesn't play, then 10 targets are pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. And I'm telling while we're on the subject of targets and and guarantees, we've got somebody in the tight end position here. That's (laughs) filling in for someone who is a, a great tight end and, I don't know if he'll be back this season, but this guy's coming and stepping into a great role this week. Yes, yes. We're going with Ricky Seals-Jones versus Dallas, guys. You need to start him this week. It is unfortunate what happened to Logan Thomas, but you know, Ricky Seals-Jones has shown great chemistry with Taylor Heineke, uh, and Taylor Heineke needs him this week against a Dallas Cowboys defense uh, that 
he is just going to have to keep up with this week because Dak's going to score. All right, so with Logan Thomas out the rest of the year, Seals Jones is the tight end one in, in Washington. Now, Seals Jones didn't play last week due to a hip issue, but he practiced all last week and was a late scratch. So there is some optimism that he will play this week, but keep your eye on it. If he does play, I expect him to soak up five to eight targets facing a Dallas Cowboys defense, allowing the 11th most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So if you're desperate for a tight end, Ricky Seals Jones could be a very cheap plug and play option for you this week. Yeah, and I like it just for the fact of that um, if you look at actually Washington has the best schedule rest of season for tight ends as far as the amounts of points per game opponents allow. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's a very fantastic thing. So if, if you have Ricky Seals Jones, he could be someone down the stretch that that could be really great for you. He does have, I believe, let's see, one, two, three finishes in the top 12 amongst tight ends this year. And that's in limited playing time. Right. So he gets, you know, 60, 70 percent of the tight end snaps. And that's going to be somebody that could probably finish as a top 10 tight end a lot of the weeks rest of the season. So, so not somebody that's a bad pickup for rest of season if Logan Thomas is not returned. Especially since he's only rostered in like 5% of Yahoo and sleeper leagues. And if you see him on the waiver wire open and you need that tight end, then just scream and pick him up and start him. <laughs> Couldn't have said it any better than Mario right there. Right. <laughs> Mario knows best. But uh, Jacob, part of the fantasy playoffs and getting ready for the fantasy playoffs is playing defense. Whether it's right. picking up somebody so your opponent can't get him or just picking up a great defense to stream. And you have a great one this week. Oh, yeah. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. All right. Green Bay has been a top 10 fantasy defense all season from weeks one to 12. All right. They had they had a bye week last week, but they're still in the top 12 overall, even with that bye week. Uh, And most recently scored 13 fantasy points against against the Los Angeles Rams. All right. And this week. The Packers welcome a Chicago Bears offense, allowing the sixth most fantasy points to defenses. All right, so whether it's Andy Dalton starting or Justin Fields starting, I see the Packers having a very safe floor and keeping the Bears score to a minimum this week. All right, so Green Bay defense is as safe as they come this week at the defense position, especially at home. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm actually looking really quickly because I've, I'm not mistaken, the Bears have actually been really good for opposing defenses uh, as as my computer loads here. The Rams or the Bears have given up three or more sacks okay. in one, two, three, four, five, six out of the last seven weeks. They've given okay. up three or more sacks. Okay. Um, so... That's a pretty good stat to know. The fact that yeah. if the if six out of the last seven weeks, the Bears are giving up three or more sacks. Obviously, that's a better chance of fumbles and turnovers, scoring, scoop and score touchdowns. Yep. Uh, so Andy Dalton expected to be back there, not nearly as mobile as Justin Fields. And right. uh, Dalton can throw a pick or two as well. So I think that's a really great pick. Uh, Very safe floor and with that upside. I mean, you want that, right? You want that safe floor and you want that upside and the Packers present all that for you this week. Yeah. So it's, it's a great play. And uh, I I think it's, yeah, Packers D Cardinals D just had four interceptions last week. If that doesn't also sway you to potentially (laughs) wanting to start the bears or against the bears DST there with Packers. Right. Um, 
All right, Jacob, let's now get to what the people have been waiting for. We've teased it enough. Those quarterback streamers. All right. Quarterback streamers for week 14. All right. I'm going to start it off with Taysom Hill at the New York Jets. All right. Hill is rostered in only 34% of Yahoo and 42% of Sleeper. Last week, it wasn't pretty, but Hill delivered quarterback one numbers, finishing as the quarterback four with 24.7 fantasy points. I'm going back to the well this week and choosing Hill as my favorite streamer for the second week in a row. All right, he's going up against a New York Jets defense allowing the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Now, there is a slight risk with starting Taysom due to a mallet finger injury, but you're not streaming him for his throwing ability. All right, he makes his fantasy money through his legs, and I predict another 100-plus yard game this week on the ground and a quarterback one finish. Now, Jacob, I like that call. The Jets have given up two or more passing touchdowns to quarterbacks in eight straight games. So eight straight games, a quarterback's thrown at least two passing touchdowns on them, and all but one of them have had at least a 100 quarterback rating. So you're obviously you know Taysom Hill's going to do stuff with his legs, but that type of floor as far as just passing, if he's doing that while passing the ball with that rushing ability, I mean, that's, that's quite a combination. Uh, I think he's a great play. Is he in your top 10 this week? He's in my top five this week. Ooh, there we go. He's in my top five this week. So fire up Hill, guys. And for my second quarterback streaming option, we got Cam Newton versus the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Cam Newton is only rostered in 29% of Yahoo and 40% of Sleeper. Scam Newton was on full display in week 12 when he threw two picks and only passed for 92 yards against the Dolphins. Usually after a stat line like that, you're going to stay away the next game, far away. But Cam is coming off a bye week to face an Atlanta Falcons defense, allowing the second most fantasy, the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So don't be surprised if he rushes for 60 to 70 yards with a couple of tutties through the air and the ground. Cam is a locked-in quarterback one this week for me. Yeah, the Falcons have actually given up three games with four or more passing touchdowns to quarterbacks. Three of their 13 games. So they're giving up a lot of touchdowns to quarterbacks. And like you said, they're also giving up uh, 23 over 23 yards per game on the ground. And uh, yeah, it's just a smash, (laughs) a smash matchup for Cam. If he can't win this matchup or can't do anything against this matchup, uh, then you have to be worried about rest of season if you're trusting him down the stretch. Exactly. But I just think he is just a stone cold. He has that safe floor with his rushing. This isn't a Dolphins defense who is at least respectable who had Cam's number last week. I mean, he, you know, this Falcons defense is atrocious. So fire up all your Panthers. I mean, I have I have a question for you, David. If you were desperate, you needed a wide receiver three wide receiver or the waiver wire is barren. But you see Robbie Anderson there. Are you taking a <laughs> shot on him as your wide receiver three with this matchup? Or are oh, you still passing? <laughs> God, Smash um, your pass, David. <laughs> now you're speaking my language here. There we go. <laughs> um, I'm, I want to look up a stat real quick, but without looking at the stat, I want to see like the explosive pass plays that the Falcons allow, just because Ooh. that's pretty much where Robbie Anderson lives is the, the boomer bust. Um, but without looking at that, I'm definitely passing just for how much he's burned okay. me. And, it seems like DJ Moore was definitely the preferred yeah. target from Cam. And obviously they're trying to run the ball more. They just fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady, apparently because they want to run the ball more. And that was the big reason why. So I think they'll establish the run more in this game, which will mean less passes. And 
that that I would just DJ Moore is the only pass catcher I would feel comfortable starting at this point in the season personally. And that's completely fair. Yeah, man. Would you? Uh, I wouldn't start Robbie as well. I mean, it's tempting just because it's like, oh man, this Falcons defense is awful. But I think you're right. All we can, all who we can really trust is Chuba, DJ Moore, Cam Newton, and Mary, and maybe Amir Abdullah as like as like a hail mary, maybe like a cheap <laughs> DFS option, like you said, right? Yeah, uh, that off Carolina offense is definitely gonna be some. The first week again with a new offensive coordinator as well, so we have to, well, we might see a totally different offense this week. Uh, Jacob, we're getting to the last part of the show, and that's the locks of the week. All right, locks of the week, guys. If Melvin Gordon sits, Javante Williams is my lock starter against a Detroit Lions defense giving up the third most fantasy points to running backs this season. All right, but if Gordon returns, Javante Williams goes back to being an RB2, and I will pivot to a guy that you mentioned earlier, David, and that's DJ Moore. All right. DJ Moore would be my lock of the week facing an Atlanta defense, giving up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. And you made a fantastic point, David Cam Newton locks on to DJ Moore. you know, like Newton knows that, you know, where his, where his bread is buttered. And that's with DJ Moore, not with Robbie Anderson, not with anyone else. Uh, yeah, it's just the DJ Moore and cam show, you know, at least, at least with targets. So DJ Moore is as safe as they come as they come this week, he is locked in as my wide receiver too. But if Melvin Gordon sits, I can't wait to see the Javante show again. Man, ah, I'm going to get my popcorn ready and just enjoy that, my man. Yeah, if Javante starts and no, there's no Melvin Gordon, that has to be my lock as well. He was somebody, actually, I was prepared to go on record to say a bold prediction if he starts the rest of the year that he would be a top three running back the rest of the way behind potentially just like Jonathan Taylor and then some running back, maybe like an Austin Eckler or something like that. Sure. Um, sure. And that is definitely possible because the Broncos are feeding the RBs and they have shown that they're going to feed whoever is in the backfield. Now, if it's split, then it's split. It's split 10 to 10 or 12 to 12. If not, then, it, you know, Javante got nine targets as well. All right. He only caught six of them, but he got nine targets. So, I mean, they force fed him. So if he starts again against the lions, forget about it. Let's go. Jacob, this is a safe space and Kevin's not here. Oh, so I, obviously this is free balling. Maybe there's a better lock of the week, but just quickly skimming. Okay. My lock of the week for double digit PPR points and a guaranteed RB two finish guaranteed, guaranteed. RB two finish RB two. I can't take back a guarantee, so he'll be at least a top 24 running back this week. That is Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Hilaire, a guy that uh, has burned me quite a lot this season. Okay. Injuries have been obviously a big part of that, and Chiefs yeah. refusing to use him in the passing game, but they talked about going into their bye. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire needed to be featured in the passing game. Now they're going against the Oakland Raiders, or not Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> right. who are right now third worst against running backs. They've given up over 27 fantasy points per game, and they've been a lot worse even just more recently, too. They were mm-hmm. decent in the beginning parts of the season, giving up over four yards per carry to running backs. And if you've seen recently, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, a bunch of these guys have literally just tore them apart. Combine the fact that Patrick Mahomes' passer rating at home is 30 points lower. He's thrown, uh, I believe, twice as many interceptions at home as he has on the road. Just not nearly the same player at home. I know he just torched the Raiders the last time he played for, I believe, five touchdowns, I think it was. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I think this is going to be one of those games that the Chiefs use Clyde Edwards Hilaire a lot. I think he gets 20 plus touches in this game. I think he gives you yeah. anywhere from like uh, maybe like 15 to 17 carries and gives you three or four catches. And I think you saw he got a, a nice little screen pass in the yep. Chiefs win against the Broncos. I think they're going to do a lot more of that. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a sneaky play here and somebody that if you have, he's either your RB2 or your flex most likely. And I think he's going to give you right in that range. He's going to give you exactly what you want. Clyde looked good last week and he had 17 touches. All right. I watched that game at Denver Broncos stadium. Now, of course the game was in Kansas city, but I was inside a suite. There was free food. It was cool. (laughs) Clyde looked good. All right. And I love that dump off that he had for 29 yards. You know, like that was, that was, that was, that was, that that was nice. And it gives me hope that he can finish as an RB two this, uh, this week. And even like a middling, like a, like, like a mid range RB two with possible RB one upside, especially with that matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I like that call a lot. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that going against Las Vegas, you, you fall in love with the opponent. You also look again that the chiefs at home just have not been putting up the same amount of points or getting the same type of, of thing from Patrick Mahomes as he has been on the road. They are home in this game. And then one of the biggest things obviously is, is snap counts overall and how many people are on the field and looking at snap counts, Clyde Edwards will play 29 snaps. Darrell Williams played 26. So the snap counts aren't necessarily uh, too different there. But if you look at as far as pass, you have Darrell Williams playing 19 Clyde Edwards will playing 14. Uh, but when you look at run, it's 14 to five as far as snaps going to Clyde Edwards Alaire. So he's getting about a 66 ish percent of the running back share. He, and he, the fact that he was on the field for 14 pass plays and only five behind Darrell Williams means he's a lot more involved in the passing game than he was before. So uh, I like those types of trends and hopefully the chiefs use him in that way. So I won't look yeah. as stupid by the end of the season for my, uh, <laughs> my top 12 call on him this year, but I liked him too, man. It's just, it's just, it's criminal that they're not using him more, but Hey, there, there are what four games left in the season. Plenty of time to write the ship. Andy Reed. Oh man. If he would, can you imagine if he was the, uh, like a league winner for people, if he just put up like 20 plus points every game down the stretch, I would just, I would troll Kevin to the end of the time. look on Kevin's face. I, I, I was just going to say, I will troll him <laughs> until the end of time that happens. And the fact that I got to talk this much about Clyde over to is only fitting with Kevin, not on the show. Cause he wouldn't That's have right. let me done that. So, uh, on safe, that safe. note, on that note, we'll close out the show here. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to the Super Fantasy Bros and everything that's going on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. Of course, check out the YouTube channel. Kevin just did a great Debbie mock draft that's yes. already approaching 400 views. Uh, it's just absolutely fantastic stuff. Check that out. Jacob and I do our start sit shows. We're off a little bit of a hiatus for the next two weeks, but we'll be back for the fantasy playoffs to help yep. you and your, your start sit decisions there. And if you appreciate and you like this podcast, make sure you go to Apple and give us a, uh, a little uh, five-star rating and review. And if you watch on YouTube, give us a like and comment anything down below to boost that YouTube algorithm to get this podcast out to more and more people. Jacob, anything else before the people get out of here? Just wanted to send some good vibes to everyone's way. If you are fighting for that last playoff spot or you're trying to hold that bi-week seed, I am sending some good vibes. And I also want to say, David, thank you so much for being an incredible host. I appreciate it, my man. Kevin definitely appreciates it. And uh, yeah, man, this was uh, this was a very, very fun show. Appreciate you guys allowing me to step in and have the Kevin name under my uh, under my name here or under what myself honor. here. 
Yeah, so it's uh, quite to live up to the boys here, but appreciate you guys letting me come on. And for everybody that listens, again, appreciate you. Next week, Kevin should be back, and you'll hear him, of course, his uh, his normal self here next week. So, again, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Catch you guys next week.